what we've actually seen is that ensuring supply continuity is increased in focus and priority in 2022 than where it was even two years ago with the onset of the pandemic and the, the ensuing shutdown of the world that was the result of how we dealt with the whole pandemic. Why is that? And a lot of it is just all of these other disruptions that are occurring in our environment. Welcome to the Hackett Group's Business Acceleration Podcast. Week after week, you'll hear from top experts on how to avoid obstacles, manage detours, and celebrate milestones on the journey to world-class performance. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Hackett Group's Business Acceleration Podcast. Today, we'll be talking about procurement, in particular, the results from our annual Procurement Key Issues Research, which outlines what procurement leaders are focused on, what they're concerned about, what they think their biggest obstacles and opportunities are for the year ahead. I'm joined by Senior Research Director Amy Hillcox and Principal and Global Procurement Advisory Practice Leader Chris Sochuk. Hi, Amy. Hey, Chris. Hi, Gary. Hi, Gary. Amy, why don't you start us out just by telling us a little bit about the Procurement Key Issues Study for 2023. Yeah, great. Thank you, Gary. So for this year, as Gary already mentioned, this is a annual study. And really the purpose of our study is to take the pulse, if you like, of what's top of mind for some of our procurement uh, leadership teams and what they're looking at tackling for the year ahead. So we are we cover a range of topics. So we have things around sort of what are your top objectives and priorities for the year? What kind of initiatives will you be working on? What are you doing in terms of business partnering? What are some of your procurement management team incentives that are in place? What's going to happen with your workload and your operating budgets, your staffing levels, your technology spend in the upcoming year. And then we have some questions around technology and service placement and center of excellence um, activities. Alongside the sort of procurement functional questions, we also ask some questions that we call enterprise questions, which are really aimed at understanding from a enterprise level, what are some of the key issues and challenges that the organization will be tackling for the year ahead. So we, we've done the study every year for many years. What's kind of new? What stands out for 2023? Well, I think one of the things that's really exciting for us this year, um, we did revamp the study. So um, we had a hard look at some of the um, options that we gave people in terms of response options to make sure that we updated that and that it's moving along with what we're seeing from the procurement executives that we talked to. We also added a question around incentives for procurement management teams so we can get a a feeling for what's actually driving behavior, if you like, from leadership teams and how does that mesh with what uh, stated objectives and priorities for the year are. And then the other thing that we did is we've revamped and updated our technology questions. We've done this around Hackett's source-to-pay technology landscape. So we have some really good insights now into, from a technology perspective, what are for the different areas of functionality that we typically see procurement teams using? What are the adoption growth rates? What kind of solutions are people using? So that you can start to get some insights, if you like, into if I need spend analytics Uh, functionality, for example, are people going to an ERP system? Are they getting that from one of the source to pay suites or are they using a point solution? So we have some really great technology insights this year that we didn't have in in past years. Now, one of the most interesting parts of this research is always the uh, list of top 10 key priorities for procurement and how that shifts from year to year. Uh, Chris, can you lay out the uh, top five for us? Yeah, absolutely, Gary. 
It's interesting because as you look at the top five, you know, one of the things that you'll see is that there are some things that are, you know, similar to what we have seen over the last few years. But what we have seen is a bit of a reordering in terms of some of the priorities that organizations have as they look into 2023. And so let me take you through what those top five are. Topping the list this year is this whole area around supply continuity. It's, it's an area that has been the top of our list over the last couple of years and not surprising with the constraint issues that we've been dealing with uh, within our supply chains. Now, this is more concerning to organizations that are product-based and are manufacturing, but it's an area that's of high criticality. What we've actually seen is, is that ensuring supply continuity is increased in focus and priority in 2022 than where it was even two years ago with the onset of the pandemic and the, the ensuing shutdown of the world that was the result of how we dealt with the whole pandemic. Why is that? And a lot of it is just all of these other disruptions that are occurring in our environment. You know, one happened to be the, you know, the whole war within the Ukraine and Russia certainly disrupted our supply chains. And so we're seeing this, you know, highly you know, prioritize, especially with our manufacturing clients. Following that, and potentially not surprising, is the whole focus on combating the inflationary pressures that we're feeling in the marketplace. We have seen some decrease in inflation in a number of different areas, but it's not across the board. We are still seeing inflationary pressures, sometimes driven based on the, the continuity of the issues that just the access to supply that I highlighted as our top priority. And so in many ways, you have this bifurcated environment with a lot of organizations where they have you know, portions of their organization where they're experiencing deflation, but at the same time, they have the stubborn inflation, labor being one of those, in other parts of their environment. And that really leads us to number three, where we're focusing on reducing spend cost. You know, I mentioned that bifurcation and you know, the inflation and then the other side of it you know, where we're not experiencing the inflation, but we're actually experiencing a deflationary environment, an environment where the supplier is not necessarily have the upper hand or the advantage in those particular relationships in those particular markets. The buyer has become much more important. And in that kind of environment, what you're seeing is buyers become much more aggressive in the environments to reduce costs across a whole you know, number of different categories of spend. But not all, as I mentioned, we still have inflationary pressures. As we go to number four, what we're looking at is a, an increase or a bit of an elevation in the focus on digital transformation. You know, what's interesting here is we go into a, a concerning environment in 2023, and certainly a lot of organizations are concerned as, you know, you know, are we going to go into a recession? And again, that's going to be very depending on the geography that you're in. But at the same time, to what degree, how pronounced will it be? But what we're seeing is still a focus on digital transformation. I think where we're at today is that there's a realization that our future has to include the development and the architecture of a much more digital future than where we have been. So we're not necessarily seeing an easing in terms of the investments in this particular area. It's a high priority and it actually elevated itself from where it was last year. The fifth area is analytics and insights. And I like to say that this is the 
you know, this is the, the foundation of a lot of the digital transformation that we see in organizations. And as we look forward and, and look forward to creating a much more intelligent, proactive, predictive, prescriptive procurement organization, the analytics, the data, the insights that we're able to glean out of that are absolutely going to be key for us on a go-forward basis. Amy, can you take us through the other priorities that round out the top 10? Yes, I will. So at number six, we have strength in third-party risk management, visibility, and capability. So that's a quite a mouthful. But uh, what that's really about is being able to anticipate risk events that are upcoming and being able to react to them effectively. Now, I think... We saw this becoming a priority um, area for a lot of companies about two years ago with the, the COVID pandemic and the disruptions that caused the supply chains everywhere. And I think a lot of companies have been focusing on this area and, and working on this area. I'm anticipating that it's going to continue. I think one of the things that COVID made very clear was that we had a lot of gaps in our visibility to our supply chains and the risks that exist in our supply chains. And, you know, just take an example, a current example, where China now is moving away from its zero COVID policy. Now, at a high level, a sort of initial response to that, you'd probably say, well, that's fantastic. Zero COVID is going to be great. It'll um, ease off some of the restrictions that have been put into place and some of the uh, supply chain disruptions that we might have had for products coming out of, of China. But on the flip side, you kind of have to go, okay, well, but could we still have some challenges as they make that transition. If you kind of look at what likely is to happen when they start removing those restrictions amongst the population that doesn't have very good underlying immunity, will they have waves uh, of outbreaks and disruptions that are caused from sickness and people being off of work? Now, I talk about this because linking that back to, you know, you can think about, well, what's going to happen. But if you start building that capability to be able to identify those risks and have that visibility into your supply chain, then you can anticipate that you can see it coming and react more proactively to minimize the impacts to your specific organization. We actually had a really interesting presentation earlier this year from one of our one of our members where they walk through what they're doing in this area in terms of trying to build out visibility to some of their their risks, their manufacturing companies. So a lot of their risk areas are very much related to specific components that go into their products. So they've built capability to be able to see where some of those suppliers sit in their supply chain that could cause them problems, either because they're manufacturing, you know, sort of sole manufacturer of a a critical component, or there's materials going into those specific components um, that could cause potential issues. And what became really clear when, if you listen to that presentation that they gave, is to get this capability, to build this capability, you really need a lot of sort of strength, if you like, around those data capabilities. So your data needs to be good and it needs to be linked all the way through. Um, You need the technology, so the solutions to support um, that visibility. And you also need some of the process and the team working in collaboration, cross-functional collaboration, um, to to create the visibility that that teams are looking for as the economic disruption that we've been seeing in supply markets is set to continue. Now, the next sort of set of priorities that we have, the next three I'm going to kind of talk about together 
other. So it's number seven is acting as a strategic advisor to the business. Number eight is improving stakeholder centricity. And number nine is improving procurement agility. Now, the reason I like to talk about these together is because for me, fundamentally, this is about that relationship that you have with your business stakeholders and how you're engaging with the business to make things happen on the procurement side. I've been working in procurement for a very, very long time, um, nearly 25 years, and I've seen the evolution that's been happening in procurement teams. Um, I think when I first started, really, procurement was focused on direct materials only, and it was a very tactical focus. Do we have the materials in that we needed, that we need? Or do we have any quality issues? Do we have pricing and contracts in place? That was sort of the extent of procurement when I first started out. I've seen the expansion into the indirect space, seen the sort of evolution, if you like, of category management being applied, procurement becoming a more professional organization, and expanding into more of the sort of value-adding areas like SRM, risk, ESG. And to be able to do some of those, what I would call more value-added things and having that sort of seat at the table, it's really all about that strong business relationship to be able to unlock the value procurement can bring to an organization. And I think as we move forward, if you kind of start thinking about that next evolution of where procurement is going, the focus will start to shift to becoming the best procurement team that you can, using procurement as a competitive advantage to help your organizations outcompete your competitors. So I think that's where we're going. And that's why I find that sort of constellation, if you like, of those three sort of priorities, very interesting. And then rounding out our list, the last one is um, around embedding responsible procurement. This has moved down. It was at number four last year. It's down to number 10. And my guess is that likely it's lost some of the focus due to some of the issues that teams have been dealing with around inflation and supply concerns and grappling with those. But it's clearly still on the agenda, still on the focus area for teams. And one question we typically will get, well, is where is supplier diversity? Why isn't it in the top 10? And it's at number 11 where it has been for the last three years. So definitely on the um, agenda still, but not as high priority as some of the other areas. Chris, any surprises on the list from your perspective? I would say that the biggest surprise is I looked at this year's results in the top 10 areas of, of focus and priority for procurement organizations was the talent management wasn't in the top 10. And if we went back to last year and even the year before, we would have saw that talent was one of those top 10 priorities. And if you think about some of the things that we're trying to do as an organization, you know, the focus on becoming more of a strategic business advisor, becoming more focused on creating an advantage for the organization, then the talent becomes foundational to having that done. And what we have found this year is that talent is an area that has fell off, but it doesn't mean that it's not a focus of these procurement organizations. When we look at the number of initiatives that these organizations have underway, number one is in talent. But what we're finding is that with all of these other areas of focus, the focus on inflation and reducing costs and continuity and all these areas that continue in our high areas of focus to concern about the, you know, the, the potential recession as we go into 2023 have moved these priorities to a higher level on the list. 
And I think what we're finding today, more organizations feel they have more of a better handle on their talent today, at least as the path going forward than where they were over the last several years when it was on the top 10 list of priorities for them. Okay. Uh, Chris, you're talking with procurement leaders every day as part of our advisory work. Uh, What else can you share about what you're hearing from them anecdotally about the year ahead? Well, as you look forward, I would say that a lot of what we're hearing from our clients is very similar to the list that, you know, we've highlighted during this session. And, you know, we have clients and a lot of it depends on the industry that they're in. So if I have a product manufacturing, you know, especially highly engineered products, they're talking to me about continuity issues. They're talking to me about, you know, the protection of revenue streams within their organization, even the protection of their margins. And, and so that is still a high area of concern when I'm talking to these clients. Now, if I'm talking to other organizations, you know, financial services, there's other things that they're concerned about. And, and when you look at some of the service-based industries, they're very concerned about some of the inflationary challenges in their environment, mainly the inflation in labor costs. So you have these, you know, the different challenges depending on the industry that you're actually speaking with and engaging with. One of the areas that I find more organizations talking about as we look forward is really the shift from how do we create just value, not that it's just value or, you know, and how they define value, say it's spend cost savings and other ways of doing that, but actually getting more focus on creating an advantage for their organizations. And I'd like to say a competitive advantage. You know, there's a conversation that I was having with one of the leaders of a, one of my clients that's in the biosciences space. And one of the things they, that leader, that CPO was sharing with me is he had a conversation with the board of directors of this company. It's a very large company, global organization. And, and he was in this board meeting you know, for, for about 15 minutes to share insights in terms of what, are they, what were they doing in terms of you know, supply continuity. And as they were sharing that, one of the board members asked this individual, you know, how do I know that we're doing better than our competitors or our peers in the marketplace? And this particular leader of procurement couldn't answer the question. And it goes back to my point is that we have to get to a point where we're able to highlight the advantage through supply that we're creating for our organizations. It's great to go out and say, you know, last year I saved $100 million. The second question ought to be, did we create an advantage by doing that? So we have to start to change our lens, the way that we look at what we do for the organizations. And are we creating a differentiator, an advantage for our companies? And this is where the opportunity, you know, one of the things that you you highlight and Amy touched on this is this idea of becoming a strategic business advisor. If we're going to elevate ourselves and, you know, what the study is really showing to continue to elevate ourselves, to be in strategic. And, and, and also, as you looked at the, the focus on number five, I highlighted the whole focus on analytics, on data, on insights, being much more predictive, being much more prescriptive with the organization. You know, these are capabilities and and you see them as priorities that we need to have to be able to create this advantage. 
our ability to harness the data that we have access to, to create intelligence out of it, to create in a way that it actually creates an advantage and a differentiator. But at the same time, we do it in a timely way that we're doing it faster than other organizations is something that we believe, you know, especially as we see these studies and, you know, the conversations that we're having in organization will be a key focus of organizations as we look forward over the next several years. Great stuff. Great stuff, guys. Um, Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you, Amy, for joining me today for this. Thank you. Thank you. Listeners, a complimentary version of this research is available now with registration on our website, and we'll also include a link to the registration page in the notes to the podcast page. So keep listening, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. You can find the audio, helpful resources, and a transcript of each episode at podcast.thehackitgroup.com. If you liked this episode, please share it. You can also subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite listening app so you never miss an episode. We'd welcome your feedback by tapping the rating on this or any episode, or send us an email at podcast at thehackitgroup.com. The Hackett Group is a global leader in defining and enabling world-class performance. Learn how we can assist with your improvement journey at www.hackettgroup.com.